This episode of Tangents Abound is dedicated to my mom. She's the one who brought me into geek culture, so she only has herself to blame. I'm just kidding. Thank you, Mom. I love you. Well, hello there, and welcome to the pilot episode, or the zero episode, if you will, of Tangents Abound. Insert catchy slogan here. <laughs> First of all, I'd like to thank you all for joining me. My name is Aaron Henley, and I want to give you, uh, for this episode, just kind of an overview of who I am, uh, what the show is going to be about, and then go and do something that really uh, I'm passionate about and I'm going to enjoy, and I'd like to share with you. So, first off, what is Tangents Abound? Well, it's a passionate and positive environment for all things geeky. Uh, for me specifically, it's going to be TV, movies, games, comics, anime, books, pretty much anything's on the table. And if there's any suggestions from listeners, I'd love to you know hear from you. The email address is tangentsabound at gmail.com. There will be a link in the show notes. Now, while there will be nitpicks and some criticisms, the message will always, and I mean always, be positive. I'm not here to rip something apart. Even I can find flaws in my favorite stuff, but I overlook it because I love it that much. This is a positive place. I'm so tired of stuff on the internet being so negative, or it seems like you're in a... Uh, either for or against camp. There's no in-between. Well, on this show, I'm an in-betweener. So if that's something that you'd enjoy, welcome to the show. And also, I'd like to thank you for just, you know, sticking around and listening and giving me about a couple minutes of your time. That really does mean a lot to me. I, My goal for the show is to have more than five people who are related to me listen to this show. So if I have 10 downloads, then I know people that don't have to listen are listening. So I, I really do appreciate that. So what is my first passion? What is what made me a geek? Well, that is Star Wars. Now, if I was a professional podcaster, I'd play the theme or, you know, just go right into a really neat audio clip, but I'm not. <laughs> this is actually my first podcast, so I'm really learning on the fly as I go. So um, if there's any points or suggestions from fellow podcasters who listen to the show, drop me a line. I, I'm... I'm an amateur and a complete novice, and I would love any and all advice. So, when I grew up, I grew up in a small town. Uh, it was a small farming town in uh, about south central, mid, actually mid central Ohio. And this was the early to mid 90s. So, this was pre prequels, post Return of the Jedi. Now, at the time, there was no hint of the Phantom Menace. No hint of the prequels. As far as any geek knew, as far as any geek knew, Return of the Jedi was it. There wasn't wasn't going to be any more movies. And at the time there was no internet. So you couldn't just load up Bleeding Cool or, you know, do a Google search or whatever. And I was the only one in my entire school who was pretty much into geek stuff. So if it, so if it was comics or Star Wars, I had no one to talk to because I wasn't part of any of the cliques. So I was I was a bit of an outsider and I was a bit lonely. Um, but I didn't mind. I, I had my books and I was happy. Now, 
what I grew up with Star Wars, I grew up with the uh, novels, mainly the uh, novels from Bantam. It was easier for me to get those than the comics from Dark Horse because my mom worked at our local library so she could get me any of the books I wanted and since she worked at the library there were no late fees so I could keep them as long as I wanted. I kind of abused that privilege a few times to be honest but oh it was such a great um, time for me. I have my favorites. The Thrawn trilogy obviously by uh, Timothy Zahn. Uh, the Jedi Academy trilogy, and actually, to be honest, pretty much anything uh, Kevin J. Anderson wrote for Star Wars, because uh, he also did the uh, Young Jedi series. I was a originally a six-book series, then became a... Ten, let's see now, the second set was... Six, three, and then four. So, uh, yeah, about a dozen books. And also, the Corellian trilogy, which was the first full trilogy I ever bought. Uh, which was Han Solo, and I was like, oh, this is neat, because I didn't have the Han Solo uh, trilogy books or Lando Calrissian books by Brian Daly that came out right, or, right after Star Wars. But my uh, first book, the very first book I ever bought, I was six years old, and I remember this to this day, was the novelization of the Star Wars trilogy movies. It was uh, on a black cover. It had a picture of the movie poster of Star Wars. And it had in the corner a, a big uh, like star symbol that said, you know, now for, you know, 1497 value, now only 499. And I begged my parents to let me have that book. I begged them and begged them. And it and they get, and they bought it for me, and I still have that book to this day. The covers ripped to shreds, pages are torn and scotch taped together, <laughs> but I love it. I've bought replacement copies here and there, but I have never actually read them because I just love my original book so much. I just I don't want to you know, I guess cheat on it, <laughs> but uh, so. Growing up and being a Star Wars geek was hard for me. Um, it wasn't the age of the geek as it is now, because it seems everybody's into comics and superheroes. Uh, the Marvel movies are doing gangbusters. DC, I'm still holding out hope for Wonder Woman. I, I'm really holding out hope for Wonder Woman. If they screw that one up, I give up. You, you can show me a Justice League teaser, with, but I, I, I'm done if you screw up Wonder Woman, because that trailer was so good. <laughs> I apologize. They'll, they'll, I'll try to edit out the ums, but my mind works in weird ways, and that's just how my uh, I speak. <laughs> so, also, I will be going off on tangents, and thus I named the show Tangents Abound. So I just I, I'm going to warn you. But Star Wars has always been a part of my life. It's actually some of my earliest memories. Uh, and I watched the original trilogy completely out of order. Uh, the first movie I ever watched was Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I started with the last movie first. And then I watched Star Wars, and I wasn't until like seven or eight before I even saw Empire. And the main reason I never watched Empire until then was the ice, mi ice monster scared me so bad as a kid, I couldn't watch it. And I've got a few more things to say about that uh, later in the show. So, my first exposure to 
Star Wars, as I mentioned, was Return of the Jedi. Now, this was a videotape that my grandpa had recorded uh, from CBS, and I had to do some research because I wasn't sure if it was CBS or NBC, but thinking back on it, it was CBS because the CBS logo turned into the Stereoware Available logo, and yes, kids, you actually had a logo letting you know the program you were watching was in two channels. Yeah, that was a big deal back in the late 80s. So whenever my uh, parents dropped me off at my grandparents to babysit, the very first thing I did, I'd hug them, then I'd run over to the TV and plug in the Return of the Jedi tape. In fact, I did that so much, my mom would yell at me, Are you watching that Jedi tape again? Can't you watch something else? And I said, No, I love it. So a few things happened doing this. One, I wore out the tape. I completely wore it out. I could tell where I fast-forwarded because of the tracking issues. And two, Ewoks were my favorite part of that movie. Now, you're probably going, what? Ewoks? No, hear me out. I'm three, year, three to four years old, and you have giant talking teddy bears? I'm sold. In fact... Because, to me, the Emperor was so scary, I fast-forwarded through the scenes with him, Luke, and Darth Vader to get back to the Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, there are tracking marks during the final duel because I wanted to get back to my Ewoks so much. So I loved the Ewoks. And if anyone ever um, disses on my Ewoks, well, we will have a lively discussion. And, and also, when I finally saw the theatrical release on the Fox-issued uh, videotape, and the only reason I know that was on the site, it said Fox Video, was I was so surprised by what had been cut out and edited for the TV broadcast that I went, that's not my movie! That's not my movie! That's something else! What am I watching? This isn't Jedi! And why, am, why is Princess Leia choking out Jabba the Hutt? I thought he just blew up on the ship! This is really scary! Yes, I, I have a pretty low tolerance for fear, and that's pretty well stuck with me throughout my life. So that was Jedi. Now, my first time ever watching Star Wars, and you can call it Episode Four, you can call it A New Hope, but to me, it was and always will be Star Wars. was with the same grandpa, and we're sitting on the couch in the TV room, and I've got a little bowl of chocolate Teddy Grahams, and that's probably how I remember this, is because apparently food really drives a lot of my memory. <laughs> so I'm sitting there watching the movie, and the only thing I remember is the opening scene, the Imperial Assault on the Tanta V4. So as the storm, I remember the stormtroopers blasting and, you know, walking through the hallway and the droids, and I remember looking at my grandpa, and he sm looks down and he smiles, and I'm smiling, and I'm eating my cookies. I don't remember much after that. Because <laughs> usually after 10, 15 minutes of watching a movie, I'd fall asleep. But, you know, that that's something that really means a lot to me. My grandpa probably doesn't remember this at all. And I may actually show him the, po show him the podcast just so he can hear this story. But, you know, it's one of my fondest memories. It's something I'll never forget. So we fast forward a few years to the first time I watched Empire. And as I mentioned before, the reason I hadn't watched Empire was the ice monster scared me so bad. I f 
someone rented it for me and I got to, you know, the first 30 seconds with the Wampa and the, the jump scare and it scared me so much. I, I threw the tape out. I, I didn't, I didn't want to watch it. I wanted my Ewoks. <laughs> so when that scene comes, I'm with my mom. Now remember, I'm eight or nine years old at the time and I'm holding on to my mom's hand going, why am I watching this? Why am I watching this movie? I can't believe I'm watching this movie. What am I doing watching this movie? And then the Wampa comes up and I'm like, oh, okay. I enjoyed the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars actually gave me a lot of scares throughout uh, throughout my life. Um, Jedi, even my favorite movie, like I said, The Emperor scared me, but nothing scared me more than the Rancor scene. I always fast forward to the Rancor scene. But I have another great memory, and this is a story I've never shared with anybody. Because it was something special to me. I'm with my uh, great-grandma on my dad's side. And at the time, we, though we didn't know it, she was suffering through Alzheimer's. So at that point, I'd say she was maybe half lucid. And this was when the USA uh, network was broadcasting the trilogy. With, they had those really cool openings with the, the scenes for the movie on Darth Vader's helmet. And that's how I was able to get the entire trilogy, because I recorded three tapes uh, on those. <laughs> and boy, was my grandpa... Uh, the same grandpa I watched Star Wars with, he was a little upset when he found out I recorded over the final episode of Cheers for that. <laughs> but I'm sitting there with my grand grandma, and I just go, i got to change the channel. And she goes, why? I said, well, there's a big monster coming up, and he scares me. And she looks me dead in the eye. And this is how I know she was pretty, she was lucid at the time. She said, just think of him as a giant balloon. I want a giant balloon? She went, a giant balloon. So I'm sitting there and I'm just going, he's a giant balloon, he's a giant balloon, he's a giant balloon. I've never had a problem with that scene since. And that's, that's a special memory for me. It, I really don't have too many memories with my great-grandmother because of the Alzheimer's. And as a kid, I didn't realize what was going on. I just thought she was a little absent-minded, you know, like, like the movie, The Absent-Minded Professor. And... So that, that's, a, that's a special memory I'll always treasure. And now as awesome as the books were, as awesome as the movies are, what really and truly cemented my love for Star Wars was X-Wing. Sir. Our TIE interceptors have located a rebel fleet orbiting the planet Torkana. Excellent. Prepare the attack. Move our Star Destroyers within range and launch all TIE fighter squadrons. At once, sir.
Okay, so X-Wing, what was it? Well, it was a computer space flight simulator uh, in the veins of Wing Commander or, well, that was pretty much it at the time, where you had the opportunity to really be a pilot of the Rebellion. This made you Luke Skywalker. This made you Wedge or Biggs or any of the Red Squad pilots. In fact, when you made a character, they would take a snapshot of one of the pilots from the game and post it on your character. Now, this was really bad graphics, so if some of the pilots who were like the B-Wing and A-Wing pilots with the, the purple visors on their helmets, yeah, that was kind of a big blob, so you didn't really see much. But, oh, I didn't care. So, you had, uh, in the original game, you had three fighters. You had the A-Wing, which was the quick, nimble, you know, space interceptor. The X-Wing, of course, as the name implies in the game, and it'd be really stupid if it wasn't, which was more the jack-of-all-trades ship. And the Y-Wing, which was the heavy bomber, you know, just go out and blow a bunch of Imperial stuff up. And you had a bunch of different types of missions. You had your search and destroy, your escort, your defending missions, uh, inspecting like cargo of pirates to you know either steal it or rescue prisoners from the empire, or even find out what like the empire is trying to sneak into systems, which which were pretty cool. One mission I'll never forget: they have you inspect a huge imperial fleet, and there's guys shooting you, and you know you're flying around dodging tie fighters, and the game specifically says. Do not shoot any Imperial fighters. Well, I'm like, okay, because I want to follow, because I thought if I do that, I lose the mission. So I'm like, oh, I'll try it. Boom, boom. Huh. Okay. So as I'm playing through the mission, I'm like, I just shot like an entire squadron worth of fighters and there was no repercussions. You lied to me, game. <laughs> now, the campaign was pretty cool. Um, obviously it's not canon anymore because we've had The Force Awakens, we've had Rogue One, well, we'll have Rogue One, I should say, which, uh, to kind of peel back the curtain, the trailer dropped a week or so ago, and boy, was it amazing. <laughs> I, I wasn't too excited about it to, when it was first announced, but now, yeah, my butt is going to be in that seat, probably midnight showing, and I haven't done that in years. So... The campaign to X-Wing really involved the events of right before Star Wars, during Star Wars, and the climax of the game was the destruction of the Death Star. So you had, it was broken up into three separate tours of duty, I guess is what you would call them. And the first one was stopping the Empire from beginning a new offensive against the Rebellion, and then actually helping to sneak spies on board uh, the Star Destroyer that was in command so they could detonate a bomb and blow it up. The second mission campaign was to help uh, establish a spy network of spy satellites to steal the plans to the Death Star, and then they'd get transferred to Princess Leia, and then you actually had to protect Princess Leia's ship so she can make the hyperspace jump to Tatooine, which, which was really cool. And then, of course, the third mission was the uh, battle against the Death Star. But what really loved, what I really loved about this show, show this game, I'm sorry, was a special room they called the technical room. And I'm a kind of an engineering type guy. I love figuring out how stuff works and taking stuff apart. I 
may not always put it back together the way it's supposed to and have like two or three extra parts. <laughs> I just call those, you know, spares. <laughs> but what it did was it took the starfighters and just broke them apart, like their engines, their sensors, their... Um, and it gave all these... their lasers. It gave all these little details that... I didn't have any reference books or... because I didn't know they existed. Uh, like the uh, West End Games RPG books, a lot of what I learned from post-internet uh, came from that. So I'm like, oh, man, I wish I had these growing up. But So I loved any and all reference material on the spaceships. And I spent hours memorizing each fighter. I knew that the A-Wing was built by General Dodonna. I know that the X-Wing has uh, Taman Bakes XJ-6 uh, laser cannons and is powered by four fusual thrust engines. The Y-Wing was made by the Coenser Corporation. Just all these neat little details. So that was kind of the game in a nutshell. But it was so popular, it came out with a couple expansions pretty short, shortly after release. Uh, the first one was Imperial Pursuit. And what this was was another campaign where it was the Rebellion's escape from Yavin. But during the escape, they had lost a lot of supplies and food. So throughout the campaign, you work with a warlord to get the uh, supplies you need, but he betrays you and sends you poison stuff. So you actually do a little switcheroo. So you take his gra good grain that he's shipping to the Empire and swap it with the bad poison grain. So the bad Empire gets the poisoned stuff. Well, the campaign ends with the visitor getting a customer service complaint from the Emperor, de hand-delivered by Darth Vader. Look up the YouTube video. It is very awesome. And then the f second campaign... Uh, second expansion was B-Wing. And obviously, as the name implies, this introduced the B-Wing fighter. This was the f uh, fun ship. It was faster than a B-Wing, more maneuverable, and I loved it. But it was kind of a weird ship, and maybe it was just me, but it had three laser cannons, and two would fire at the normal rate as everybody, but it had a center one that fired like a little, at a little delay. So... It always threw off my aiming, and I don't know, maybe it was just me, but it, it just seemed weird to me. And then the uh, final campaign of B-Wing ends with you helping the Rebellion establish Echo Base on Hoth, and that's where the game ended. Now the sequel picks up from there, and I'm not going to talk about the sequel, and as if you're listening to this, you can kind of guess what that was. I'll probably do another show about that, because just talking about that game deserves its own episode. Now, is this a perfect game? No. There are some complaints I have with it. Um, first off, your AI for the wingman is very primitive. If they were actually able to shoot a TIE fighter, it was a minor miracle, so you're really on your own. In fact, I never beat the game because the AI was so bad. If I was relying on them to protect my back on a bombing run or uh, attacking, like, say, a Star Destroyer with a bunch of Starfighters, I'm pretty much on my own, and as a result of that, I never actually beat the game. And the Death Star... <laughs> whew! These game designers were insane. Once you finally get to the trench, 
it's more like flying into the second Death Star than just flying through a trench, empty trench, because there's girders and obstacles you have to fly through and around, and if you hit any of them, it's instant death. Oh, and by the way, we're also giving you a speed boost, so you're moving at four times your normal speed, so your reaction time's shot. Oh, and uh, just in case you weren't freaked out enough, there's gun turrets firing both in front of you, and we stick them behind obstacles so you can't see them, so they shoot at your rear, too. And then, when you finally get through all that and get to the trench, there's 50 gun emplacements all around that. Now, I watched Star Wars hundreds of times, and I have never, ever seen Luke have to do all that. <laughs> and if you heard a crash, that was my cat, Harley. Short for Harley Quinn. She's a calico. So if you hear some whining occasionally, that's her begging for food. She's a calico with half gold and half black f markings on her face. And I wanted to name her Ravager, but I didn't think anyone else would get the reference. So I had to go with Harley Quinn, because that was a more common geek name. <laughs> so... There were a few other issues. One was Another one was unclear mission objectives. They had briefings and mission text, but they were more like story-driven for the mission, and it wasn't exactly like, okay, this ship has to stay alive, this ship needs destroyed, this ship can't get away, etc. You were kind of up in the air. So you could have thought, oh, I did everything right, but you never got a mission complete. And that that could be frustrating. In fact, sometimes I would actually start a mission then hyperspace out and to quit the mission just so I could see what I had to do. So that, that, that kind of got annoying. But the biggest complaint I had was the pilot restoration system or save system. The game had three options if your ship was destroyed. The first two involved you either being rescued by the Alliance, so you could repeat the mission, or captured by the Empire and interrogated by Darth Vader. And while that was cool, your pilot is no longer available. In fact, they would actually say your pilot was captured, so you can't use him until you restore him. And the third one was as your ship takes damage, different systems could be damaged or even destroyed. And if your ejection system got hit and you were in it when it blew up, well, <laughs> at least you got a very nice funeral from the Rebellion, but since you weren't there to destroy the Death Star, the you know Rebellion died at Yavin, so... No pressure, you know, you can't die because you're the hope of the Rebellion, not that Skywalker kid. <laughs> but when you went to restore a pilot, while you kept your game's progress and all your ribbons and medals, if you got to the last mission and died, instead of being like a commander or general, you know, who's a, you know, a military with all the medals, which makes sense in your rank, you could end up being the most well-decorated flight cadet in the entire history of the rebellion so it was really weird <laughs> now these complaints they with the exception of the AI were all fixed with the sequel the AI was improved a bit but it still wasn't that great so that was X-Wing now the show is going to I'm going to try to keep it around a half hour to 45 minutes I'm not going to shoot for an hour unless I have a guest or it's a topic I'm really passionate about, be mainly because the fact that you're still listening to this voice for you know a half hour out of your day really, really does mean a lot to me. I, and I thank you for, for sticking around just for the pilot. Um, so I'm going to pick topics that I love and I'm passionate about. And if you guys, uh, and I'm sorry, I shouldn't say you guys or you girls, 
the fact that you stuck around this long, I'm going to call you my friends. And so if you want to drop me an email, the email again is tangentsabound at gmail.com. And there will be, as I mentioned before, a link in the show notes. And this is, like I said, my first podcast. I'm really learning on the fly. So, you know, just try and take that with a grain of salt. I'm, I'm nowhere near as good as a lot of the other podcasters I've listened to. And uh, as I did with this episode, I'm going to dedicate uh, a podcast every episode to someone who meant a lot to me, whether it's uh, a fellow podcaster or someone who inspired me to do this thing in the first place. So I really appreciate you listening. And uh, I also want to give a special shout-out to uh, the Two True Freaks Network. You can find them at the two, at uh, twotruefreaks.com. They have a ton of shows that cover pretty much every topic in geek culture. Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, comics, uh, you name it, it's there. Anime, it, it, it's there. And uh, they've been very helpful, just giving me some advice. So I, I want to give a special shout-out to all of them. And I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, thank you, guys. Uh, I also wanted to give out a special shout-out to someone who I always felt was a, a classy, classy guy. And he was a member of the Two True Freaks, but we sadly lost him about a year ago, uh, almost a year ago. And though I never uh, talked to him, I um, would send him some emails on different things, and he always responded and said, "Hey, thanks for giving me stuff to to the show, and you know, just letting me know about stuff." and And it really meant a lot to me. I uh, I miss him, and I miss having miss the opportunity that I won't be able to speak with him on on a subject because I would love to have talked Green Lantern with him because he really got my interest uh, in the in that whole uh, part of the DC universe. In fact, when I first bought my first house and started renovating it, I would listen to a show, uh, just one of the guys, uh, while while I was doing the con- uh, remodeling. And I miss you. And my thoughts still go uh, go out to his family, who are still and always will be dealing with his loss. But I I really do appreciate uh, him, and and I miss him. So, what are we going to have next time? Well, it's going to be the other thing I'm really passionate about uh, in comics. It will be Superman-related. Now, it's going to be Lois and Clark. And no, it's not what you're thinking. (laughs) No, it's going to be the Lois and Clark 8-issue miniseries, otherwise known as Arrival. And this came out right before the DC Rebirth. This was something special to me. Because, well, growing up, I had a great mom. And that's why I dedicated the show to, to her. But my dad started out great. But I did become a victim of verbal and the occasional physical abuse. So I would turn to dad figures in fiction. And when you have my favorite superhero of all time be a dad, and you have a really wonderful character like Lois Lane, who's written as a wonderful character, as a really great mom, after reading this, she is a great mom. 
And then you have their son who is smart. And you can tell he is the son of both of them. He's not just pure, you know, oh, he's Superman Jr. No, he's as smart as both of them. And he's really their, the best of both of them, which I think any kid is, is the best of their parents. So that's it for this episode. I thank you again for joining me and, well, for putting up with this voice for, you know, a half hour or so of your time. So that, again, I'm not going to stop saying how much I appreciate it because I really do. I really, really do. So uh, any listener feedback, any uh, discussion, any criticism, again, can be reached at tangentsabound at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I... If, uh, you know, you disagree with me on stuff, let me know, please. As long as it's civil, I, I happily would hear and anybody's uh, thoughts on a matter. And I would, be, I would love to be able to have an email section at the start of the shows. And that said, I will read every email I get. However, if you don't want me to read an email, please let me know in the subject line. If you just want it to be, you know, private, please, please let me know. Otherwise, I'm just going to take it on faith that it's okay to read on air. So thank you all for joining me. And I th- was wondering how to close this out. But I, So I decided to steal something from the Truman Show because, to be honest, I don't know when you're going to listen to this. So have a good morning. And if I don't see you, have a good afternoon. Good evening and good night. Tangents Abound is a free podcast. No money is made on the production or distribution of this podcast. Any and all audio clips used in this podcast are for education and review purposes only. No copyright infringement is intended, and all copyrights are owned by the respective copyright holders. Thank you.